December 10, 2015. It's the Watt from Pedro Show. From Pedro Show. Hey, Brother Matt, how hey, you doing? Good, how's it? Uh, well, I just got back from uh, the 30-year birthday of Dinosaur and 50-year birthday of Jay Maskus. This is the long ballroom, ballroom doing uh, Fun House and TVI for Brother Steve McKay and the Ashton Brothers. Bitching. Why aren't we there? We should be at the Bowery. Yeah. It's we, our guest, Brother we Matt. We got a special guest. Gave it away. Gave Sorry. It away. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, first, let me tell you, we started with Countdown, John Coltrane, and then um, OIJV from Sawako. So Jack Black. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Fellow South Bay 
You know about that, brother? Man? I didn't know that. He's from the west side, of uh-huh. course. He's not Pedro's side, but he's uh, close to us. He's Hermosa Beach. Bitch, right. welcome to the Pedro side. The Strand doesn't come all the way down here no. from Hermosa, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're neighborly. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. The brown signs. From the cool old days when either or bookstore was there. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's where I got my copy of The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Wow. <laughs> cool. And there was a, uh, I got some flannels, something called the Aardvark. Was yeah, there by yeah. The fleet dump. I got fleet a dump. couple of autographed Bukowskis. But I wonder, was that Hermosa or is that Dondo? No, that was Hermosa. Okay, okay. There was also a really good burrito joint down there on the Strand. Uh, and, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was on the corner, and there was always a line around the the store because yeah, the burritos the tasted so good. The corner from the poop deck. Nah, I don't yeah. remember. It's so far. There's foggy. one on PCH, but in the old days it was a hot dog stand, a frame kind of thing. Mm. It turned into Mexican chow, and now it's mm. always got the line. You know, burrito but day's it's coming. It's Dondo, huh? Burrito day's coming next burrito weekend. Day, yeah, you know, brother Matt got it. Uh, the mayor, Mr. Br- Tom Bradley. Tomorrow. Yeah. Give them a paper. Was it a 30-year anniversary of Burrito Day? Yeah. Oh, so you know about it. Well, we were talking about it. So that's like... uh, It's coming. Burrito Day sort of was initiated at the same time as Dinosaur, is what I'm uh, realizing. Coincidence? Yeah. Mystery. I think not. Never. (laughs) (laughs) John Doe, you might have been doing these gigs with X. And John Doe told me, he grew up in Baltimore. Mm. And he said this band came out of Cali called the Flying Burrito Brothers. He said nobody knew what fucking burritos were. Yeah, when when uh, <laughs> you know they're invented in Cali. Yeah, yeah, Chicano they don't have in Mexico. Yeah. Um, when Burrito Day came out, it was on AP Wire. I was getting calls from all around the country interviewing me, and yeah. a lot of places would say, "Well, what is a burrito? <laughs> well, 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 first Still you get needs- first you get a tortilla. Well, wait what's- a minute, what's a tortilla?" <laughs> <laughs> Those days are gone. <laughs> burritos now, are worldwide. Now, that when yeah. you're going to make your way across the Mojave, you better have fry joles, tortillas, yeah. and jalapenos. Yeah. Well, you'll never make it to La Jala. What's <laughs> uh, the other one? Valley Joe. Fry joles. That's <laughs> a new one for me. Free joles, I can, I can, I can understand. But fry joles. That took a minute. <laughs> 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 only, only way to get across the Mojave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll tell you guys when I took them up, we were playing Buffalo. Uh, I said, You want to see? There's, get some big water here. Oh, Niagara! <laughs> Fragiles are the key, though. <laughs> they, they're not, uh, it, there's a science to making them delicious. Oh, the Fragiles Fritos. Yeah. yeah. Need some good Fritos, yeah. There's some recipes. There's some secret Mexican recipes to making those perfect fragiles. I think it has a little to do with lard. lard yeah. Gotta be. <laughs> Speaking okay. of deliciousness, yeah. though, uh, Brother Matt, oh, man. you hooked me up this morning with, uh, I'd never tasted it before, bacon donut. Damn. Oh. What was that? Grannies. Grannies? Okay. Grannies, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. Maybe we could get them to make a bacon donut burrito. <laughs> yeah. So hermosa. Slap some fragiles on there. And jalapenos. Call it a night. That's all you need. One meal. Simple pleasures. Yeah. Maybe some caballos. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, earliest music memory? Um, uh, you know, it's foggy. There's two songs that I, that I remember. Uh, the first one that I liked, I'm pretty sure it was I Want to Hold Your Hand. Beatles. By the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. And, um... Beatles. Yeah, that, that's just a great magical song when you're... When you're old. You were born. Five. Yeah, okay. And then, uh, shortly after that, not as cool, here it comes, Take a Chance on Me. Oh, wow. By, uh, ABBA. Sure. Some, uh... So this is stuff coming on the radio. Yeah, coming out on the radio. Uh, I think, uh... It was in the car, and uh, radio and I remember my five-year-old brain thinking, how am I going to hear that song again? Wait a second. What time is it right now? I'll just listen to the radio at the same time tomorrow. Oh, it's probably going to be safe. That's, <laughs> how, they, that's how it works, <laughs> right? The world? Okay, so... When you first heard music, did you want to be a participant or a spectator? Um, Maybe kind of undecided. You know, with with music, I I, I did I did uh, enjoy just listening, yeah. but uh, it, it, yeah, I did. I always had this uh, dream of of being uh, up on stage. Is I, there music in the house? Does people play? Yeah, I had some uh, some musicians in the family. My 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 oldest brother Neil was a uh, Middle Eastern music enthusiast. He had uh, like Middle Eastern folk dance and and uh, some exotic some exotic strange uh, instruments that he right. would play. And and uh, I don't know where he got that uh, that uh, influence, but um, he was a real smart. Dude, and he brought it into the pad. He brought it into the pad. Junior. Yeah, and my my parents loved Middle Eastern folk dance. Okay. That was kind of how they got together, and so sometimes I would go with them to those things, and and there was some exotic, strange music happening there. Um, my sister was uh, more jazzy. She played uh, like saxophone oh, and just... flute. Yeah. Uh, and she was in some interesting bands. Uh, she moved out when I was young, but I would go visit her in San Francisco a couple times, and, and she was playing with jazz bands, and they were pretty pretty great. And then uh, my my uh, bro- the middle brother of those three, because they were from my mom's previous marriage, yeah. was Howard, and he was really deep into music, and he was like a... They were much older than me. Okay. And he was... Uh, uh, an assistant engineer with a guy, a producer named Bob Margaluff. In a studio. Yeah, in a studio. So he was like legit in the biz, and yeah. and uh, he was doing some rad shit. And he took me to my first concert ever. What was that? It was at the Santa Monica Civic, okay. and it was a Devo. Devo. Yeah, man. I was like eleven or something. I don't know what year that was. A Freedom of Choice tour. Uh, so we you're could Google it. His. Oh, whose idea to go to the show? Oh, it was his because he was an assistant engineer on Freedom of Choice. Oh, crimey! Yeah, Whoa. and uh, and I went backstage. That's the second album, right? Oh, I don't know. It's an early album. It's uh, we shut the poles in the hole. Is it the second? second? It may be the Mr. third. Kamikaze. <laughs> well, no, it's like you know, whip, whip it. Yeah, Gates of Steel. Oh, okay. okay, it's okay. it's a, so they're at the, it's the their, their peak in there. That's their massive like. 
Uh, they're they're really riding the wave at that point. But um, that that was a mind blower because uh, we got to go backstage and like catch little glimpses of the band as they're prepping. And I uh, suits. Uh, they were in suits and they and the, the hats. They had the flower pot hats. Um, and I uh, got a little uh, 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 photo with Mark Mothersbaugh. Singer Yeah, and and uh, it was on a Polaroid, and he signed it, and I fucking lost it. Who knows where oh, that is? Yeah. yeah, what an idiot. Not lost. Donate. I'm not good at saving. Donate. Donate it to the universe. That's a good way to think of it. Um, you can't take it with you, but uh, I sure would. You know, it's one of the things I wish I would have done in this life. Yeah. For all the kids out there listening, yeah. just, you know, instead of throwing it all out, just get a big box and just, to, if there's little mementos or things that kind of mean something to you, put it in the box and put it in storage somewhere in the attic or wherever. Because in 30, 40 years, it's really would be a great thing to be able to go back to my box that then it was like, this kind of means something to me. But now it would mean a lot to me to go back and like, look at these little things and go, and it's connected to a memory. You know, I don't have sure. that box because I'm, I was such a like, a, yeah, moving on. Next. Zen. Yeah. Gotta have more space than uh, object. Yeah. Let's hear some more music. Down with me. 
Together with my stones grown big with weeping behind the bars, they drag me out into the middle of the market, that place where the flag unfurls to which I swore no kind of allegiance. Flute, double flute of night. Remember the dark twin redness of Vienna and Madrid. Set your flag at half-mast, memory, at half-mast today and forever. Heart, here too reveal what you are, here in the midst of the market. Call the shibboleth, call it out, into your alien homeland. February, no pasarán.
パパパパパパパパパちょっと待って。<笑><笑> 
But just a mustard, chili, and onion those days, that's what we liked. Yeah. Anyway, going back to uh, music in the house. Yeah. When do you, like, grab onto Well, uh, we had a piano, and uh, and uh, so, so I did some playing uh, early on. I had my, like, year of piano lessons. And at the time, I thought, oh, this is, like, homework. But uh, I did have a couple songs that I really wanted to learn. And I said in my, to myself, once I learn these songs, I am done with piano. And it was... Is the teacher uh, uh, kind of heavy? Was uh, it beaten with the ruler on the knuckle? God, it's so foggy. I don't remember. I, I've, I've, I don't think she was a Madam Sasatska. shows that got scared out of music from the piano. Very horrific, uh, traumatizing. Yeah. Had to, like, go do... Uh, who was the lady we had on? She had to do... Uh, avant-garde music to learn how to love piano again because of these yeah. horrible experiences of being beat down with a brack. Oh, man. Well, you know, they say that happened to Beethoven. Is that right? And you see how it worked with the kid in Whiplash. I don't know if you saw that great movie. <laughs> Maybe it's good to have an evil Madame Sasatska sometimes. <laughs> but no, I think this was a sweet lady. And you know what, though? Maybe I'm wrong. Do it. But that young man who was... Getting beat down? Yeah. He's kind of a dick. He did kind of need a beating. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, in the... <laughs> That's horrible. You know about, the, you hear about this eagle pecking on that other pecker? Sometimes it works out that way. <laughs> so, what were the two songs? I'm curious. Uh, I wanted to learn the Pink Panther. Okay. Cool. Mancini. Uh, Mancini. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to learn some Joplin. I really liked that movie. That yeah. What was that movie that had the entertainer where, where they were... Sting? Yeah, the Sting, man. Mm-hmm. When they were running like that and jumping over fences. I read the book by the producer. Yeah. She just recently died. Phillips? Michelle Phillips? Okay, sure. It was called You'll Never Eat Lunch in This Town Again. Oh. And man, was it heavy. I guess there wasn't a lot of lady producers, so she right. was handling And she did that movie. And uh, I remember... Love is blurry. But one thing I remember, she said her boyfriend dropped the crack pipe and burned down the mansion. So Whoa. I don't think any, not everybody can have that in their body. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a lot of Pedro dudes. <laughs> but, uh, but I learned the Pink Panther. You learn, so you learned one of them. But I didn't stick to it till I learned. Uh, and it's still in my head. Even now, 45 years old, I'm thinking, I really got to get back there and learn... Learn uh, some Joplin, some maple leaf rag, but that's a that's a real serious thing when you got your both hands moving like that. One man band. Yeah, because the two hands are doing totally different things, and uh, that's some complex stuff. I don't. I think it would take me another five years probably to really get get the Joplin going. But you know, um, uh, Vince Van Gogh painted only in his last ten years. Is that true? I shit thee not. Wow. His brother was involved with art, you know, of course. He yeah. He dealer and stuff, so he was around it. Right. But he didn't start to paint until last year. Yeah, I was thinking that because I, I got boys now. I got a seven and nine-year-old boy, Sammy and Tommy. And, yeah. And um, I don't want to force them into the music. Uh, they are musical. but you got uh, a piano in the house? We got a piano in the house. And I was thinking maybe I'll get myself some piano lessons, and then they'll want to jump onto my oh, lessons. Oh, yeah. Might be a good stratego. Yeah, a good stratego. But, uh... Yeah. Instead of, like, the big old coercion, you're just like, whoa, just put it out there, you know, put it out there. Yeah, I think it's a a better, it might be a good way to go. Yeah. Okay, so... But, yeah. 
you only make it to Pink Panther. Yeah. But you, you stick with wanting to play, but not piano. Exactly. I, I like singing a lot. But 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 um, there's also some other musical influences in the house yeah. because my parents divorce, right? My dad moves out. Now my mom's got and and my older brothers and sister move out because they're way older. They're they're done. So I'm I'm like eight or nine and and um, and my mom starts taking in uh, people to uh, rent rooms in this big sure. house we got in Hermosa Beach. And um, one of the dudes is a cool guy that like had this awesome dog that would catch frisbees, and and he was really into um, uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. And uh, um, um, who's the drummer guy that has the name and the band sings? This is so horrible. My brain, what good am I in an interview? I can't remember the, like, the most bad. Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Um, the two? Yeah. And so I, Peter Green, Fleetwood Mac, the one with the ladies. Yeah, of course. It goes without saying. But, uh, so I was getting into some of that stuff, and uh, but I started to have this, this dream that... Was he putting records in the house? Uh, there, we had the turntable and, and the record collection, and when we got started getting people living in yeah. the house with us, the, the record collection got bitter, yeah. bigger, and, yeah. and I was listening to some more interesting stuff. And um, I started to have this little dream that um, I would someday be up on stage in front of a huge audience, and and um, and I would be like a one-man band, but no instruments, just by singing. But minute? but somehow acapella. Acapella, but somehow it was superhuman because I was able to sing harmonies with myself. Like I would be able to sing out my mouth, but then out of, out of one nostril it would come like a different sound, and that the audience would be like, "What the fuck?" And then and then uh, they would like revere me like a like some kind of a genius. And uh, it was an early kind of uh, greed for love and adoration. I don't know where that came from, but you know, I kids get notions. Kids get notions where they get yeah, they can dream big. So I was dreaming big, and then um, yeah, and then uh, years later in my early teens, I saw um, on the Grammys. I was watching the Grammys for some reason, and. uh, Best jazz vocalist was uh, Bobby McFerrin. Oh. Early McFerrin. This is pre "Don't Worry, Be Happy," mind you. Okay. And he was just a god, you know. Jesse. And he was up there singing, and uh, he was doing the thing that I was dreaming about. He wasn't harmonizing with himself, but he was making a cappella and making noises. And but it sounded like three people because you know he had that. It's almost like a yodel where. He'll be down here. But way more musical and beautiful. And uh, so I was just, you know, zeroing in on this guy's action. And uh, and that's when I got a, a Tascam Porta 5 uh, recorder. So I could record stuff on tracks and I could sing We're with myself. High, high school? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and doing... Doing that kind of stuff is was sort voice of my real, voice. yeah, voice on voice, and that was my my entry, my gateway into the music world for myself. No for, garage for bands with like uh, classmates. 
Yeah, well, there was a couple uh, experiment uh, bands uh, jamming um, in, in, a, in a garage in, in, uh, in high school. Not in Hermosa. In are, you, Hermosa. are you Vista? Uh, no. I was in Hermosa just up through uh, fourth grade. It was just the early formative okay. years okay. at a little school called North School. That was a grade school that was right above uh, Valley Park. And up at the top of that dirt hill, there was a, and uh, we lived right there. And I would walk to school, and and uh, I would never let my boys walk to school. Now, <laughs> it's a different world. You, did walked, you you walk to school? D Boone got rides. Oh, His he got rides. Yeah, <laughs> she was already on the tip. You take take it, yeah. Uh, when you did them garage jams, were you on the voice or were you rocking something else? I was on the voice. I wasn't ro- I wasn't rocking uh, a guitar until I met Kyle many years later. That was, you know. But in the garage, you're the, the singer. Yeah, I was the singer and we were doing stuff, you know, write, writing songs. But uh, You were writing songs? Eh, kind of. There were some improvisational jams. It never. But not copying records? No. No, we were just, uh, well, no, we were copying records a little bit, not the whole, not whole records, but we had some covers that we would do. And, and, uh, for example, God, uh, we did, um, uh, uh, Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. We did some Sabbath and, um, yeah, but we, we only had a few or I don't know, five or six rehearsals. And then we played at this party. It was all the band was formed and rehearsed just, just for, for this gig. for this first gig. It was all about this party. Yeah, and and, uh, and it did not go well. We played we played like oh, no. like in the middle of the first song. Yeah. The crowd just sort of lost interest, and we're talking amongst themselves, and we were looking around and going, "This fucking sucks." <laughs> well, we we rehearsed the songs. Let's finish the set. But we didn't finish the set even. I think we played two songs and we were yeah. like, we give up. We, you win. Whoa. And we walked off. The towel got thrown in. The towel got, <laughs> the got tossed. Once it got to, because it started off, everyone yeah. was like, let's hear what this is yeah. about. And uh, once it, once we had zero audience, yeah. that's when we were like, <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, it's <laughs> over. They were the horror. <laughs> so we walked off. and But then as we were walking off, these other kids came up. Uh, it was my friend Brent Meske and... and uh, and this amazing drummer, we didn't know he was an amazing drummer at the time, but Joey Warnker, who, ah. who you may know, yes. Two hi-hats. Yeah, two hi-hats. No, he was doing those days. Right? And they said, hey, we, we practiced a couple songs earlier this afternoon. We're not a band, but can we use your kit and your stuff to play us a song we just wrote a second ago? They're like, yeah, go ahead. Good luck, guys. And they went up there. And immediately as they started to play, the crowd like turned around and was like, oh, something is interesting is happening here. And they just the killed. Horror the horror continued. Of the horror. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, wait, this is the end of my musical career. Not only Surely. did you the, 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 the pamper, but the pamper gets put on top of the head and yeah. pushed into the hair. Look, Pedro, we had keggers, right? And yeah. Was one of the like supreme kahunas was... Some dude's taking your guitar, your yeah. equipment, and then blowing you, doing Black Dog better than you could ever even dream of. <laughs> it was a total... Oh. Nobody wrote their own songs, you know, so nobody right. could, like, have the better song. But they could do the, you know, the Black Dog and just shame you. Man. So you never even try to pick it up again. If they could do Black Dog, they could shame most people, because that's a tough song. What's that time signature when it does that weird turnaround? Yeah. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. The, the way you fit the drums to it. 
Oh. <laughs> Are we sure that that song's really finished? I'm not certain. I think they needed like just one more writing session. Cause the, but uh, so after that experience. So after that experience, uh, I was like, I'm going to focus on the acting. But in the acting, there was musical theater, so I was still getting music in there. Okay. Uh, we did an, a, 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 a production of Pippin in high school. Wow, I remember that. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. The the Bob Fosse uh, incredible thingy, majiggy. And if you remember, the original Broadway production was on, like, Showtime or whatever the like first cable channel was back in the 70s. And so I, I, I knew that play before we did it because I saw, and it was like, the dude that starred in it was the greatest American hero. Same guy. Oh. Along with Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen crushes it. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you see Ben Vereen, if you're a musical theater person, you know that guy's a god. Yeah. So, so, um. That's more about singing too, right? That's God. all singing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so I kept, I kept the, the little burning embers of musical dream alive in there for, for a while. And then, and then when I, I, uh, I, I started doing, uh, plays with this theater company from Southern California. You may have heard of the Actors Gang. I saw in early 80s a version of Ubu. You saw Ubu? Yeah, and uh, what's his name? Tim Robbins. Yeah, he was the man. Yeah. And it was on Santa Monica Boulevard. A little, it, I think the theater was called the Actor Game. Yeah. Despite where the dragonfly kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, Amazing. That's it, a, it blew me away because of the uh, Afrajari and the Pug Connect. I, yeah. I could see this play that people, right, he says mirrored the first word shit. Yeah. And it started a whole thing a hundred years ago. Or yeah. More. Riots. So, Okay. So, wow, I, so you're connected with that. So I, I, I got connected. Not not in those days. Not until later. Uh, I got in like at the uh, uh, late '80s. I, I, I did a production with them um, uh, called um, "The Big Show," and it was all about like uh, the Sandinistas and the the politics of of uh, uh, Colombia drug and uh united states yeah politics and it was cool and it was fun we did i did i I got some of my uh task camp porta five songs in there and it did a little little acting but um that's where i met kyle and kyle was like the musical dude you mean that 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 task game you were still using it at home oh yeah no that was a big part of my thing and uh and no performances you're still no live performances, yeah. but yeah, uh, I was obsessed with harmonies, and I just sure, loved. Sure. I loved. Uh, so Kyle was an actor too in this play. Kyle was an actor there. He he had he'd been there for a, a, a long while. He wasn't in Ubu either, but he was there longer than me, and he was he was connected with but them through. What part town is he from? Uh, he's actually from Northern Cal. He's okay. from a little place called uh, Walnut Creek. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in uh, what they call it, South Bay's. Like yeah, Mateo and all that. That's exactly. Yeah, gorgeous neighborhood. Uh, maybe, maybe Neil Young. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, is Neil. Young. Well, Neil Young's Canadian originally, right? But yeah, it, yeah, but you're saying he's there, there now. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got a place in like the the hills uh, uh, near San Francisco, uh, and I know this because a few years back, me and Kyle played this benefit that he does every year. 
uh, bridge school benefit because one of his kids ha- ha- uh, suffers from autism and a, oh, and, a, yeah, and a couple right. other things, and so he had he started a school for kids with similar uh, disabilities, yeah. and he funds it every year with his mega concert. That everybody, everyone's going to do it if he asks them. They come out, but um, he didn't. He, it wasn't his idea to get Tenacious D that. It was his uh, daughter. I'm pretty sure was uh, saying because she thought we were funny. So he got us, and um, the deal is with that show, anyone who's in the show gets to come out to his sweet pad in the hills. It is in Walnut Creek because that's for some reason it's, in it's my head. not in Walnut Creek. No, it, it's uh, it's in like a deep forest. But it ain't too far from there. No, that's no. That's where I heard. It. Okay, yeah. so Cal and what he came down here uh, to yeah. show Cal to seek fame and fortune. And so that. yeah, he comes down. I think he was at uh, the the junior college, Santa Monica Junior College, okay. first, and then went over to UCLA, and he hooked up with the actors gang through that connection because they're they're all UCLA theater theater folks. Right? Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, so I meet Kyle at, at that production, and uh, we strike up a friendship, and and uh, and I wanted him to teach me guitar. I needed, I've been looking all my life for so the right... You wanted to play guitar? I needed a sensei. sensei. I wanted to play. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, so he had an extra acoustic guitar, and I bought it from him for $200, which I think went straight to his rent, which is fine. Whatever, sure. but it was overpriced. It, I don't think it was, it was worth two hundred dollars. It was a beater, but um, Big action. and in exchange for Jack in a Box, I would bring him Jack in a Box every day. He would French give cooking. he would give me another lesson in guitar. Oh, so barter. Yeah, there was a barter system there. Uh, it wasn't strictly bro down, but we were bros. We were tight, tight bros. Um, was it hard learning? Uh, yeah, the first year it was harder than piano. Yes. Well, because there's pain. Piano, there's no You're pain. Just pushing buttons. You yeah. Push buttons. Anyone can. Wa- any child can walk up and and make noise. Guitar, you can make noise, and but you press, can't make beautiful notes. Little wires. Yeah, that wire. The first year was just getting the doggy pads on my fingertips. Sure. Well, your most callus. sensitive nerves, right? Yeah. For touch. But there's two things that make it difficult: yeah. doggy pad finger pad, fingertip pain, yeah. and then also. Finger musculature. Right, right. There's two separate things that need to be worked, and it took a year for me to really be able to make good, solid sound of all the major chords. Yeah, you yeah. know. What's well, harder, left hand or right hand? Um, was the strumming or was it the fingering? Left hand. Okay. Without a doubt. Okay. I mean, for the style that I was playing. Yeah, yeah. Getting your fingers all in those positions. But. In, uh, to that point, my right hand is pretty weak. I mean, I, I, I in that I, 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 uh, I don't have the Far good, strong. the the proper. Yeah, Madame Sasatsuka would be whipping my knuckles if she saw my strum. <laughs> it's not the proper. You're supposed to have a loose wrist and really yeah. and really Relax. let. Yeah, no, and I and I, I I'm more of a this Neanderthal just. Making loud. I have a good strong Thug. attack. Yeah, yeah. Attack. I like to attack my acoustic. Well, what about Kyle? Was it, he was a sensei. He was a Kyle's like a real proficient guitar player. You know, he studied Did in school. Oh, it was like school. Pick of yeah. Destiny kind of relationship in the beginning. Exactly. Well, Pick of Destiny is a movie that we wrote and and made. Not many people saw it. Thank you, Matt, for noticing. Uh-huh. Uh, but Pick of Destiny was. Uh, 
a, an autobiographical story film. It's a story of the band. With, oh, with yeah, there's yeah, many cool. liberties taken with the truth, but you know, we we uh, we it, the, the 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 basic genesis of our relationship is in there. You know. What, what do you think about movies about music? Do they ever work? There's not a lot of great ones that capture the uh, the excitement of the event. It's a tough nut to crack. Because Hollywood loves making movies about movies. Yeah. It seems when they want to make it about bands, it's tough. Yeah. But as a movie viewer, yeah. just like not knowing the people in there, that was a way little bits here and there of getting some insight into thinking, man, you're cool from, uh-huh. from that from that and from School of Rock because I saw Minutemen was written on the board. Oh, yeah. When you had all the names up there. No like, doubt. That's like real subtle. I'd thing. like to take credit for that one, by the <laughs> yeah, way. You know that the yeah, board, the chalkboard you. that you're talking about, that was uh, Rick Linklater's idea. He wanted to have a tree with all the branches of rock, all the meaningful branches of, in the history of music. And so he started it off. He drew, he, 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 he wrote some, some band names and then, but he said to everybody in the cast and crew, anyone who who thinks we're missing something here, go ahead and put up a a branch. And I, I definitely put up the Minutemen wow. branch. Yeah, that's because I love love me some Minutemen. Wow. Uh, and so, like, uh, is Kyle showing you this? You just want to learn guitar, but do you have an idea in your mind that you want to make a band? Um. Yeah. I mean, at I'm definitely thinking. Uh, that me and Kyle have something, that we have something and, and we're going to get up on stage at some point. But but mostly I just like needed a friend. He was filling it. He was filling a, a, a gap, you know, that that I had in my life. I, I needed a bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe a little bit of a father figure or something. There's a, you know, it's like a brother. Is a, he a little older? A fro. He was a father bro. Is he a little older? Yeah, he's like 10 years older. Oh, shit. Uh, I like to remind him of it every time he's exactly 10 years older. Because usually he's only nine years older, but there's a magical two months where I'm like, dude, you're a full decade older. So much older. But, old one. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you... Old one. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the first the... hour. December 10th. 2015 edition of the Pedro Show. Mother Matt, yeah. special guest Jack Black. Hold cool. tight for hour two. Yeah. December 10, 2015. It's the second hour. What for Pedro Show? Jiné to slovy, Marie Jisus, 
Watford Pedro Show. Start the second hour off with Tool Jazz by X Blank X out of Cleveland. Uh, Maruska, after that, Usmadoma, uh, that's Czech. Bolt Thrower, Tank Mark One. Uh, somebody said I should hear this because they got a lady bass player. I think they're from England. And Reg Bloor, who actually ran a band when I got to be part of uh, Symphony 13. Uh, Glenn Branca. 20 basses, 64 guitars, one drum. Whoa. I sat next to the drum. Virgil, yeah. Um, so that's Subconscious Decay from her new album. My Dolls, I used, I used to not read out of uh, Houston. Uh, they got back together after 30 years or something. Uh, one Drop of Rain, Laurie Amett and John Truby collaborating, new proj, and Big Crux with Crux Knock. And a young man gave me his record in Tacoma a couple weeks ago, and he said, I told you we were going to make this. Huh. And man, it's maybe this has happened to you. It's awkward when you can't remember them telling you that. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I have that. I when I first saw um, Rocky Erickson, where I got to talk to him, mm. it was maybe 30 years between. He was on the Game Boy stage or some shit at Lollapalooza, and got off the plane after Stooges gig. And he's right. Got right up and played, and he comes down the stairs after he's done. And I shook his hand, and he looked me right in the eye, and he says, great to see you again. <laughs> Maybe it's a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only he had just left out the again. It would have been fine. <laughs> and then also the eye, the penetrating stare, that filled holes in the back. But I just love Rock Eric. It's a huge influence on me. Like Which sure. era? Uh... I like, uh, well, I don't know, because the letters were written some alien, so I don't know how you pronounce this, but yeah. Ed's ripping open. It's the one that Cream's bass player, Stu Cook, produced. Oh. He's got Two-Headed Dog and... Uh, oh, yeah. I Walk With a Zombie Neck. Oh, so that that's the, la- that's the later... I think there was a U.S. version later called The Evil One that had some yeah. tracks. But this is the one from England on CBS where his head is being ripped open and yeah. something's flying out or something. But it's post... 13th floor elevators. This but is you know, the, he didn't write a lot of the 13th floor elevators. Right. Drummer, drummer man wrote a lot of the right. words. So, okay, fa- father, f- feather, father, feather, father figure. Fucker gently. Going figure. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle is a, a missing component in your life that you found. Yeah. But you also want to make, do gigs with him. Yeah. Do you remember the first gig? I do. How did it come about? I do. Well, so you tell him, Kyle, we're going to do a gig. Um, I think it was mutual. We both knew we had something. Because uh, even though no one had seen us play before, just jamming and learning and, and writing and recording and smoking and recording and smoking and listening, we knew there was something just funny and electric about our... our Is it still the task game? It was... Uh, no. At this point, it's not about uh, tracking. At this point, it's about um, Radio Shack... Um, I can't remember the name of the model, but it's the, one of those tape recorders where you push the play, the play and the red button at the same time to record, and uh, and because it's all just scratch pad, yeah. And um, and we would record, uh, and we were working on our first song, uh, tribute, our first good song. I mean, we did a song before that that was a love song that was horrible because it was very sincere and. And it just didn't, we, we, it didn't... We're not going to mention the time. Let's not even talk about it. But when we get 
when we figure out, we crack the code of what we're about. Is yeah. this, we, there's got to be this uh, element of humor and mischievousness, and yeah. then Murph. we're going to work on this song uh, tribute. It's going to well, no. First, we're going to write the greatest song in the world. That's yeah. how it started. Yeah. We're going to write the greatest song in the world, and we're going to call it the greatest song in the world. Okay. We're going to write, and so no mysteries. Yeah. So so we start. Well, what about the idea of the duet? Did you decide that early? That both of us singing together. Well. When you start off, you didn't have other cats. Yeah. No, it's true. It, well, it was just a... Yeah, it was a two-man operation. It was never in question. Okay. okay. Uh, it was just... Uh, he was a singer and guitar player, and I and I was a, a singer, budding guitar player. And and so... That's enough. Yeah. So, so we would just play, and, and, and we worked on that for a while. And then when we cracked the code, we realized, wait, this is never going to work, this whole greatest song in the world thing. we got to go one step removed. Yeah. Let's say... You know, it's a tribute to the greatest, the greatest song, song because we yeah. forgot the greatest song. That was the big breakthrough. That was like the the God moment yeah. where where the skies opened up and it was like yes. And we worked on that, and then we got it really good. And then uh, our theater company, the Actors Gang Theater, was uh, doing a fun little thing on the side at a, a coffee shop on Highland called Highland Grounds. And I so think I played there with Dose. Oh, did you? There were several rooms somewhere outside. I yeah, remember it was kind of exactly. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a stairway inside, That's and so right. people could watch from the stairway. And That's right. And so I we, actually played there. Wow. Yeah. So we went there, and uh, I remember we played a cover of Find the Cost of Freedom, the Neil, Neil uh, uh, Crosby, Stills, and yeah. Young, Nash, and Young. And then uh, we, uh, we wanted to name the band right there. And so we, we oh, so there's no name before the gig. No name before the gig, but we had a few options, and one of them was uh, the responsive chord. We thought it was funny because it was very pretentious, or Gorgazon's mischief, Balboa's biblical theater, pets or meat, and that one. There was one person in the audience who really it was like. Well, you were calling them out. You were yeah. asking the people. We were asking said, the people. Okay. For yeah, and the, but pets or meat got a thumbs up, and we looked. Who's the thumbs up? And who do you think the thumbs up was? It was a fucking bass player from Spinal Tap. Yeah, like Harry... Uh, Harry Shearer. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and so that was like a sign from the heavens as well. Right, right. Dude, bass player from Spinal Tap is here at listening Derek, to our Derek first Smalls. ever show. Derek Smalls. Uh, um, yeah, lukewarm. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So, but... And then Tenacious D... Which didn't get the biggest response, but we had already decided we're going to be Tenacious D. It doesn't matter what they say. And then we played uh, a real rough version of that song, Tribute, the greatest song in the world. And, uh, and it went good. It wasn't huge. It wasn't great. But it went good enough. We could tell we've got something here. And then, uh, and then shortly after that, we got another gig, a friend of ours, Steve Mora Marco had had a band, uh, the Abe Lincoln Story, and they oh, were playing. I remember that. You yes. remember them? Yeah, very funny dudes. He's a kind of a genius guy. Is he still playing? Good. He, he he has projects going on all the time, but he also had a band called Mind Crime, where the band would come on stage and just start playing a set, but they don't have any instruments and they make no sound. But you can tell the kind of music they're playing yeah. from the, the from gestures. the movements and the gestures. Just brilliant shit like that. So anyway, he asks us to open for for him for Abe Lincoln's story, and um, and we just have 
you know, tribute. We just have the one song at this point. So we're coming out to open with our one song because we're not going to do the covers. So we're just going to do our song. And um, maybe it's just my memory changing the history or the reality. But I swear it felt like the audience was so enthusiastic that it was just like, we are real. This is happening now. You heard them. They don't know who we are. There's no reason for them to cheer for us. That was just real love and appreciation of something that we were bringing to the party. And, And from there, there was a dude named David Cross who had started this thing with Bob Odenkirk. These comedian guys are, that are great. They, 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 they did a show called Mr. Show, but they hadn't done that yet. They had just come off of the Ben Stiller show and they were looking for their next project. And he was like, I want you guys to play that song, you know, uh, for, uh, you want I want you guys to open for us. And they were from a different world. They weren't music. Yeah. They were, they were comedy, sketch comedy, but they wanted us to do our thing as a sketch comedy thing. Yeah. So we got introduced into that world. Yeah. And then when they got on HBO with their Mr. Show, they, yeah. they brought us along as a little caboose, like a little cartoon yeah. appetizer before. Little side mouse. So really, yeah, that's the kind of the genesis of oh, that man. whole. Pretty trippy, brother, man. Yeah, very cool. We're going to have a special edition of Spin Cycle. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Okay. Oh my God, we're going to do it? We're going to spin it up? I love you, baby. I love you. All I can think about is give my sausage your butt cheeks is warm. I check my dipstick. I'm a shoe, take my juice, that'll be all right in your clothes, never get it Yeah. 
Spin Psych is what prompted you to do what you just did to us? Well, well, Jack got it started with his comment about starting his musical journey with some Pink Panther. So I quickly Mr. dug Nancy. up some little Pink Panther there and then took it from there. He's like a, Jack Black's kind of like the fifth meat puppet. So he had to have some meat puppets in there for sure. And then and, the, the collaborate, <laughs> the rap and collaboration was reminding me of a... That Abe Lincoln story, cats mime crime man. <laughs> mime crime. You had a lot yeah. of the mime crime. Yeah, we, it's true. We'd worked on that earlier. We, we, covered, we were working <laughs> on that earlier. <laughs> it looked kind of prepped. I, you know, it's kind of from the gut, kind of improv, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were covering that earlier. It came out good. I love that. Thank I you. I love that that uh, that meat puppet song that um, when he goes, uh, and I know there'll come a day when I know that you won't me. You know that w- that one lost lost on the freeway to Minuteman. And on the record, really? Yeah. Okay. And on the record, he does a he does a note that's so satisfying, right at that part. Yeah. The like a and I know the and the guitar. It's like a soaring. No one ever owes me anymore. Yeah. But the note that he's playing on guitar, and he never does that note live. I'm I'm almost like. Why not that? Why of all the notes to drop, would you drop yeah. the most? Because I don't think Kurt ever plays the same solo twice. That's it. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a moment guy, in the moment guy. Well, don't Boom. be surprised if you ever see the Meat Puppets. Don't yeah. be surprised if I jump up and sing that note. Bring that note <laughs> Just at that point. Yeah. You know, it's trippy because Steve Boone said the same thing. The same that. thing about that note. Steve Boone's big hero uh, fan of uh, Kurt Kirkwood playing. Yeah, well, yeah. And uh, yeah, we did that for a Bob Mold 45. It's called Torchspiel EP. Yeah. And we changed the beat a little bit. 
We do it like funk, right? Mm. Yeah, we do like a slow funk. Oh, I gotta get that. It's a seven-inch. He had a label for a while called Reflex. Okay. It's on there. I'm getting that. Thank you. Uh, maybe an MP3. I, I don't have a vinyl anymore. That's, I wish. I don't even have one myself. I remember the pictures. It was that tour in 84. We, we did a summer tour. We thought that you know, it's sweaty around the country in summertime. <laughs> yeah. And they like Pedro. So we know how we'll stay cool. We'll cut all our hair off. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe one degree. <laughs> <laughs> And then we had to like answer skinhead Nazi questions a whole bunch of Oh tour. God. <laughs> it was not worth it. People, it's not worth it. You're not gonna gain that much uh, temperature saving. It feels kinda cool though in the shower. When the, the water first just one was the most intense because like, I had never had that. It was like snowball <laughs> felt like a shark in a way, but then the water was like snowballs. It was really intense. And then real genius move was going to uh, Ensenada. And swimming at Rosarita Beach all day oh, because yeah. you gotta breathe, right? So your heads, yeah. For seven, eight hours, we were totally sunburned. Oh this god, stuff had never been exposed. Oh I god, mean, the whole thing from the get go was fucking insane. We didn't know that you use clippers. We thought, you know, just use a shaver, these big shavers that had one blade. Oh god. Luckily, I was first. I mean, both of us, our heads looked like a motocross track. You know, it was oh god. Yeah, it hurt like a motherfucker getting that shit off with a, a big razor. Oh, man. And then when we got up, see, it was Georgie's plan. We were opening for Joanna Went. She's kind of performance artist. So Georgie says, why don't we look like burned out matchsticks? <laughs> so the plan was to go shave our heads all and then write uh, white motor oil all over our face. Oh, God, that would and burn. So, <laughs> the we, cuts. We do Boone do the first part. You'll get all in We drive up there. And Georgie comes up there, and his, he didn't do it. He's, like, He's got a full head of hair. Tip the unit. Yeah. And but Boo's like, fuck it. And he reaches under the car and gets a big hunk of oil from the motor. And, and so the, the picture of it looks like somebody gave him a black eye. Because you know, after he'd start, I said, D-Boo, you, you're going to get pimples up the yank. No. Go, Blackhead, right? Carbuncle. Like, no, no. So, so he's got this kind of Uncle Fester look, you know, on one side. And... Uh, Georgie's laughing at us, saying, you motherfucker, it was his idea. Anyway, that's our... Uh, what about touring? When did, when, when did the, the touring life come to Tenacious D? Well, so we do that little thing on HBO. Sure. And this is before we have any kind of recorded material. We don't, oh, okay. we don't have any well, recorded material. Pad. Yeah, no, but by then, once we're on the air yeah. on HBO, we've got, we've got songs. We've got more songs because okay. we've got... For every episode we did, we had uh, uh, another song. So we had like six, seven songs. Oh, wow. And, so uh, so, we so should... you would write? Yeah, we would, would write. write for the episode or we would, would you write... just write a song and then use that? Both. Some song we hit, you know, we built up a few songs and, and then we would write some songs for the episodes. Yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, actually by the end of it, we had like almost a full album's worth of, of music, but... But uh, there was a time the where people knew us already without a record, where because well, 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 we're kind of like we're kind of like the monkeys in a way sure, because a we're a TV band, except that we didn't have Crosby, Stills and Nash writing songs. We didn't have Neil yeah, Diamond yeah. writing songs in the wings. We wrote our own songs. But, yeah, um, but, but but what about when you recorded them for the TV show? In the way those were recordings. Uh, 
those were live. They recorded them live. And, and we, we uh, yeah, they, we didn't really... Just re- like you did in front of the microphone. Exactly. So that wasn't studio recordings that could just be put onto a record really, really effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. You could do it, but it sure. wouldn't It wouldn't sound like a, a record, really. I, I don't know what that would sound It would sound like a live record, I guess. But, um, Bingo. yeah, so, so then uh, we started... We were already doing some concerts before that, you know, uh, at after Largo. Yeah, after Highland Grounds. And while we were going and doing these comedy gigs, we were also doing gigs at a little place called uh, Largo. Back oh, yeah. then it was on Fairfax. Now it's right, on La right, Siena. Right, Yeah, and this Irish dude, uh, Flanny, uh, right. Mark Flanagan, uh, uh, ran the show there. And it was a great little uh, place for music and, and comedy. And... Uh, and we would have like a hundred people come. We started building up a little. Is it on La Siena? Is it that old vaudeville? Exactly. Is now it's Patrick? it's Largo at the Cornet. That's it. That's right. But Cornette then Theater, brother man, you gotta go there. Yeah, it's that a great a spot. Great pit had to see I, 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 anybody play. It's true. There's good respect for the music there, and they get good good quality musicians. But you know, we started building up just without uh, without the TV show. We started building up a little group sure. of like a hundred people would come and see draw. us. And we had a good draw, a just draw. grassroots, word of mouth. Yeah. But then once the thing came on the air, the demand was like overnight. We were like the monkeys, man. It was like a thousand people wanted to come see us, and we were playing uh, at uh, like the the uh, Gazaris on the Strip. But it wasn't wow. called Gazaris anymore. Now it was called the Key Club. Ooh. And uh, and uh, so yeah, then we we set up a little tour, also just on the strength of the TV show, sure. and we had great crowds all over the 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 country. And so uh, uh, how big was it? Um, how many days? We we didn't uh, keep track of the days, but I think we did like uh, I don't know twenty or thirty shows around the country, three, and three, three, four weeks. and uh, yeah, some of the best were you know Seattle and and uh, and. Uh, 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 Oregon, we had some great shows in so Texas. What did you think about touring? Because you never toured before. I loved it, man. I loved it. There's no better way to see the country. Yeah. Because I'm not big on vacations. Yeah. I don't. I can't relax. Yeah. I feel like my life is passing by. Why am I? <laughs> what am I doing out here? Just uh, touristing. Yeah. <laughs> it feels. Uh, yeah. Uh, I get anxious. Sure. But when I'm on, when I'm going to a city to yeah. do a job. Yeah. And uh, I've got that thing in my head. I'm going to play tonight. But yeah. in between now and tonight, my job, I'm going to walk around the city. Yeah. It's the best way yeah, to right. see the country. I, uh, I just loved walking around uh, with a purpose and, 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 you know, just sort of thinking about stuff I might say in between songs while I'm walking through little nooks and crannies that I'd never been to before. It's really, all relating to yeah, the town. Yeah, all relating to the town. You want to... You want to show appreciation yeah, 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 for uh, for these these kids' neighborhoods and and I just remember just loving all the people like when we would walk or drive up to the venue and see the the kids in line I was just like I love all these kids I, I don't know where they came when they came to see us and I just like well then they're so they're good people for me yeah it was a great success so then then maybe the album and then we're like the next thing is you know maybe we got to do this we got to do a real record and. And we got uh, the 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 uh, the Dust Brothers, who we loved oh, yeah. their their stuff Real with kids. with the Beastie Boys and with Beck, and and we were like, well, those they guys did the will first do this. with Perkins. Yeah. It's their idea. Look, we'll put Stravinsky over your phones. Like, yeah. Spring. Oh, is that and right? You Nell's Money Mark 
and what? Well, jam. And no one Whoa. will ever hear the Stravinsky, but they'll hear what you're, that you were jamming in there. Whoa. That's a cool idea. Sewing machines with that pan flute. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were trying it in the next situation. And also, the other thing was, you're all in separate rooms. You don't see each other. Right. So it's only over the headphones. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, the favorite idea, man. So, that's so the kind did, of creativity okay. they bring to the table. And they had lots of ideas about capturing little nuggets of... of of comedy that would be in between the songs just from us riffing and, and, and having fun in the studio and sonically they had real great rich tapestries and helped us like finish songs like some of our songs were were, were uh, not quite there and they they, uh, they were the they were those kind of producers that could actually get in there into the music and like earn earn that uh, that percentage <laughs> you know <laughs> but uh uh we had a blast doing that, and and also we were fortunate enough that because uh, on the record we'd always only just played me and Kyle, yeah. but on the record, uh, the Dust Brothers were like, "Let's flesh these out. Why not? Want to bring a whole band in yeah. and really do it yeah. uh, just to see? Maybe it's better than just the two of you." And we were real hesitant. We were like, yeah. "Okay, but here's the th- here's the thing: if we don't like it." We erase it, and we just go just me and Kyle, sure. and we were ninety percent sure we're gonna just be me and Kyle. It's yeah. not gonna the band thing is not gonna work. Yeah. But in the meantime, we had these great musicians that were like friends of ours that had seen our show and were like fans, so that we could say, "Hey, you know, Steve McDonald from Red Cross. Yeah. You know, we know you like our our band. You want to come play?" And he's like, "He's in." And then. Uh, Warren Fitzgerald from uh, you know uh, from the Vandals. So, you know, we know that you you like like our thing, and he was in. And then Dave Grohl came to see a show that we did one time, and I said, "Would you play drums?" And he was like, "Sure, I'll play a couple songs." But then we locked him in the door, and we forced him to play the whole album. And he's such a nice guy; he'd just say, "All right, I'll do the whole fucking album." He played Satan in the. He played Satan. Yeah. yeah, no, he we've been forcing him to do stuff against his will. <laughs> he was great for years, but anyway. So, long story short, we do the whole record with the band, and we're like, oh, well, we're going to use the band versions are ten times better than the two of us. But it's a different thing. Because sure. before that, when it's just me and Kyle, yeah. it's like two dudes against the world. Right, right. It shouldn't work, but it works anyway. Yeah. So that had a charm that maybe was lost, but sonically it was just so fun to hear those songs all Exploded out with a full thing. What so. you mean? Like that man Robin with the Greek chorus. Yeah. <laughs> but, Gets in the way. Gets a little messy. So but yeah. But you liked what it did on the record. I love the way there. it turned out. Yeah. And that's bitching that you went in there ninety percent convinced the other way, and then yeah. you let we shine. We let ourselves be yeah swept up in the uh, in the moment. In the moment. And, uh, Look, we're at the end of hour two, December 10, 2015 Dish Watt Pedro Show Hold Type Hour three. December 10th, 2015, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Okay, these guys are very, very bossy. Deinen 
Schmerz auf ein kleines graues Taschentuch, mach einen Scherz und sprich zärtlich einen leisen Fluch. Lass sie nicht gerben, deine weiche Haut, dafür bist du zu schön. Ach, könnte mein Spiegelbild genug dir sein? Ich ging zum Fluss und ich fing es mit dem Mondlicht ein. Ich gehe hin, wo du mich liebst, mein Schatz. Ich bin eine Blume auf den Wiesen des Sharon, eine Lilie der Täler. Wie ein Apfelbaum unter den Bäumen des Waldes, so ist mein Geliebter unter den Söhnen. In seinem Schatten begehre ich zu sitzen, wie süß schmeckt seine Frucht meinem Gaumen. In das Weinhaus hat er mich geführt, er stärkt mich mit Träubchen, er quickt mich mit Äpfeln. Krank vor Liebe. Lass die Wolken heute nach Norden gehen. Ach, lass die Welt nicht meine Tränen sehen. Leg deinen Kopf in meinen runden Schoß. Hierhin, in meinen Schoß. Bleib heute bei mir, denn der Sonnenschein wird fürchterlich. Mein armes Tier, für die Luft ist noch so
I almost joined the Merchant Marine. A two-year hitch is a long, long time, but lunch on a tray, including milk and carrot spears, can sure be mighty tempting. All my knives are blunt, which doesn't mean they're limp, it means they're blunt. Everybody's got a friend, and I've got seven friends besides myself, and this is true. I almost spoke to M.T. Kinney. For the second time, I almost talked to M.T. Kinney, and once, believe it, I actually did. Watt from Pedro's show. Start off the third hour with just Nornary Dave, Basho, Smitten, David Nusselhauf, Tuggy with Cuddle Up a Dud, and finally Kim Baum and Kessner with Vecnik de Liba. This might be not the most fucking deep question, but there's a difference between the acting and the music. Well, yeah. Music is a better job. It's more okay. fun. I mean, you, you wow. get to see the world. Yeah. You get to, you know, get up in front of a huge crowd and play music, you know, yeah. that you loved. And, and the, the, the audience uh, uh, performer uh, relationship is more satisfying. Because a movie, you go, first of all, you got to wake up at five in the morning, go get makeup and, and costumes that sometimes make you feel ridiculous. And then only sometimes work like a, no. Sometimes you look cool, okay. uh, and then um, and then you you like do the acting up in front of the camera that that uh, uh, sometimes is fun. But a lot of times it's just sort of like uh, nerve wracking because you're like, oh, I'm not a good actor, and then, whatever. But you'll work for like twelve, thirteen, sometimes more hours, Jesus. and then you go back. And you really got to go straight to sleep because you're going to have to wake up again tomorrow. The schedule is just more of a grind. What about the middle theater? Theater is the hybrid. I mean, that's a great thing. It's a great thing, but I haven't really, yeah, I haven't really been doing my theater because I get my theater kind of kick from the the band. But you started with that, the the actor people. That is where I started, yeah. It started out with theater. Also in high school, I did a lot of theater. So, yeah, that's my roots. So, what are some of the the favorite acting? Gigs. What were some of the favorite uh, acting gigs? Yeah, some of, of the more fun ones. Uh, well, it always comes back to School of Rock. I mean, that was like the one where I felt like all the planets aligned for me. It was very much what I was about, and and I had this amazing friend, Mike White, who wrote. Not to be confused, Mike Watt. It's very close, <laughs> but uh, different moms. Yeah, but uh, similar creativity. This guy was just, you know. He, he he wrote the script for me, and that has never been done before, and not since either. But when you get a collaborator who who's really talented that is that like taps into what what I'm good at, yeah. then that was just like that's felt like at the time, and still feels like my tombstone gig, you know that I'm, I'm proud of, and and signature. it's there. Yeah, it's my signature mm-hmm. gig, and even though it's like a, a kid's like a genre movie. It feels like, uh, yeah, it's my best work, and just uh, so that's that one. But I also love doing Nacho Libre. That was really fun. I went down to Mexico, and that guy uh, Jared Hess is amazingly funny human being, and and really just a incredible guy. All the voices are his. You know, he he uh, he's an incredible actor, but he'll never get up in front of the camera. But behind the camera, you know, he'll he'll come up and 
say maybe you should say it like you know let me borrow some sweats you okay know? <laughs> that, that's a that's an element that's different music or maybe with making the record like you said with the chemical cats yeah they're kind of like directors. The Dust. Did I say the Chemical Brothers? I oh, meant the I Dust say, Brothers. Dust, well, there's yeah. Chemical Brothers. They're not to be confused with the Dust Brothers. Oh, that's right. But anyway, yeah, the Chemical Those Cats. Those guys are England, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, sweaters and dancing and but the guys with the, machines and sweaters. Those guys originally wanted to be called the Dust Brothers, but they couldn't because the Dust Brothers were already there. So they, they had to go with the Chemical Brothers. That was a secondary choice, a name. So I, I, I got onto that by accident. You actually tapped into something, yeah. <laughs> okay, but, so a director, when you're acting, like, not not the theater, but... Yeah. When the theater, that's all taken care of in uh, practice, right? Yeah. Because when the... In the old days, was there a little thing? Wasn't there a cat down in the deck? Whispering lines? Oh, that's what that was for. Like, yeah. Like, spaced on lines. Yeah, well... So he wasn't really directing. That's all handled at the practice. That's all done in rehearsal, okay. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And the guy, the, the, uh, the, um, the director, I, I mean, that, that's more of a musical theater thing in the pit. If there's if there's a conductor who will look it up to but but uh, well, yeah, leading a band. No, I'm talking yeah. about some dude. Some dude who's like it's a little that the audience can't see him. Well, there's a, yeah, well, there's a dude down there with the script following along, just in case you okay, never know. Okay. Yeah, they, someone's but he's got not a, directing; he's just to help out on space outs. He's just, in space outs. You you might hear a whisper if you listen real closely. Wow. But uh, I never I never called for line in the middle of a play. God forbid that. I hope that because it's now. Yeah. Uh, what about when when people are shooting with a camera? Do some people work with things in their ears? Yeah, well, you know, the best, the the one who started, who invented that technique was Marlon Brando. Well, I was going to say, yeah. that, that, that somewhere I heard he had a reputation for not... Not knowing his lines. But he's also, you know, the greatest actor who ever lived. So you got to wonder, was that because he was so, you know, in the moment, emotionally, he didn't want to, like, have to, like... Think about lines. I don't believe he was lazy, you know. I saw this amazing documentary called Listen to Me, Marlon. I've heard about this. Oh, dude, you got to see it. It's It's him talking for himself. Yeah. Just revelation for any actor who watched that. I heard the end of the apocalypse now. Yeah. had no ending. And he had to manhandle that motherfucker. Yeah. Gave him a bowl of water. Yeah. And he figured out, wash the head. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Wash your head and the horror and all that. Yeah. 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 You spend all this money, you go to the Philippines, you don't have an ending? Yeah. Well, you know, there well, might have... There's a movie about the movie, right? They're all choked out. One dude has a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, Sheen. But you, you had a comedy movie that kind of made fun of some of that. Yeah. The, oh. the dude in the character? Yes. Well, well, years. Yeah. Well, the... Who is that? Uh, Iron Tropic, Man guy. Tropic Tropic oh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. What an amazing uh, that performance awesome. that was. That movie kind of didn't have an ending either. But no. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but there were some righteously funny parts. Incredible. Yeah, Ben Stiller, man. He, okay, uh, okay. So, something like that. What's the director's just hoping to capture something? He's yeah. not really setting it up. Yeah. You know what? The whole movie thing seems like such a collaborative effort compared to the music. I mean, you got your bro there. But how many dudes involved with a movie, or or even theater? It's it's an ensemble. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to what kind of directors at the helm. Some directors, like Richard Linklater, real collaborative and real. He's like, uh, Austin guy, right? Yeah, Austin, Texas. He did a, a <coughs> School of Rock, and oh, he, he did that too. Yeah, wow. but he approaches it kind of like a play, where he'll he'll rehearse the scenes with the actors weeks in advance and. 
and uh, find things that don't sound right. And, you know, because each actor's approach to the, 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 the material is going to be slightly different. So, so he'll, he'll, fin- he'll finesse and find that place and, 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 uh, uh, instead of trying to force the dude yeah. into the part, put the part around the dude. Exactly. And, and, uh, find the truth in the scene. And, and he's all about grounded, real. And, uh, and other directors will be much more about, their vision and getting everyone to get on their page and uh sometimes that's great and sometimes uh yeah i i think if for the most part i prefer the the link later approach where it's a collaboration it's a lot sure. more fun it's a lot more satisfying creatively for the for the for the whole group uh i've heard that there's kind of a different style director coming in the guys who do commercials are being used to make movies now mm. and there, there never was a tradition of that before yeah um, that's sure. what you're talking about the focus get on the same page yeah um, I mean what do you think about somebody who films more than one ending um, that happens you know but some, I hear that happens a lot you gotta be open to that kind of stuff though because sometimes that's where the best stuff happens is you after you're done come in and decide oh well that's kind of a bummer yeah. when you're going <laughs> when you're going by market research and yeah, like yeah. ugh that's, well, that's how some some bad stuff is made but Watching a movie with an audience is a, a useful tool at times, you know. Did they do that in the old days? It was just rolling the dice, right? I don't think so, yeah. I think, that's a, I think that's a relatively new phenomenon, but I don't know when the first reshoot was. That'd be an interesting thing to Wikipedia. I bet that it, they don't even know it, even in the Wikipedias. Wow. But for you, you like to collaborate with I do. I mean, that that's... It might be because you were in a band, though. You're a hands-on dude. Yeah. You're not like kind of a hand puppet. Yeah. You know, if George saw somebody picking their ass, he'd call them hand puppets. (laughs) You're your own hand puppet. (laughs) Yeah. But, and I think, you know, once you have that experience, running your own boat, going on your tours, it's kind of hard, maybe, to let go. It's true. And uh, I can empathize. Let's listen to the last music. Wait a second.
and bolts and wires, lights and paint and cables, all these little dressing rooms, everything is exposed here. Oh, that opposite kind of exposure, so different from being on stage. You can see the dust and the pizza boxes, the backside of a set, or just pieces of it. In other words, everything that is theater is cranked up here. It's so wonderful and intense to get ready, to get an audience ready, to put everything together at once. Then it's 7.30.
got a jar of Metamucil in the car. <laughs> I'm winging the fucking fiber. Yeah, fiber Silent is the key. Yeah. Every morning for what? Tastes like tang. Remember tang? Yes. Orange, kind you know, of orange. earth. Uh, we just heard uh, a compost from Earthworm Ensemble. Uh, that's here in L.A. Some of the guys have uh, a double knot spy car. Uh, Joe Brewer, Jack Brewer for Sacrotrust Cousin out of Madison with Behind the Theater. His uh, poem. And finally, a blind idiot guy with Antiquity. One time, I think Minuteman or... I played with these guys years ago and I get this uh, email. Look, they, they got back together after 30 years and they're making an album and... Uh, why don't you write, write a blurb for them? They played with you once. <laughs> I felt so ashamed. I couldn't help them out. <laughs> I have to make up the whole fucking thing. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so with your, your help and want to understand the difference between to being in a band, doing theater, and doing movies. Prank and oh, rehearsal. Difference between yeah, prank and I'm, rehearsal. Yeah, I'm heavy on that semantic. Yeah. I have yet to see hear a basketball player say, I'm going to go rehearse. <laughs> but mu- music people, they just somehow, they practice like too little boy or too like child. They got to bring in that. So, get a little, a little touchy, a little pretty. Yeah. Brother man. What, what about you, the difference between TV and movie? Is there a difference there? Uh, speed. Usually like TV will be moving at a faster pace. Oh. But uh, not so much a difference when it comes to independent film, because you do a little movie, like I did a little movie called Bernie, yeah. and we shot that out in, in Austin, Texas, and uh, we only had four weeks, and that's a very short amount of time, because usually you have 12 weeks to make a, a full-length feature. Yeah, uh, but when that, that's when you got a full budget, you know, like $25, $30 million. What, but, what about Bogey in those days? With it, how long bogey, because, good question. I should know that. I should be a real student of the history of film. I do not know how long Here's they did. Here's one thing I know My about guess him. is faster. He was the first, you know, there was this thing called the stable, the, mm. the moguls. Mm. He's the first guy to bring back. Because actually started, there was there's something called United Artists with yeah. Ray Pickford and uh, Charlie Chaplin, Doug Fairbank. It's the guy sure. with the letters. Uh, uh, Earth uh, Nation. Yes. Oh, that guy. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. They make this company, but then it goes into the moguls era. But then uh, Bogey has, he names this company after the, the sailboat called Santana. Mm. And he's the first independent producer after that whole, like, maybe 30 years of the stable system. Mm. And they kind of changed things forever. Mm. And uh, some people say maybe things got done quicker in those days because of the boss, uh, the focus. Right. And so I'm wondering about, because there's, one thing you know, there's not a lot of editing. There's yeah. There's not a lot of quick stuff. Uh, there's not a lot of special effects. Right. They look like the shot, some, something like M, it looks like it's shot in the same room the whole movie. Right. <laughs> and so nowadays, yeah, I never, I didn't realize three months though. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But uh, is that, is that uh, getting ready for it or is that the actual just doing it? Like I bet you David Lean had, had time. Make those movies like the Bridge Over the River Kwai yeah. or or, or uh, where you went to a location. Lawrence of Arabia that had to take three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's no lot. That's no back. Yeah, long. that's probably when they started really taking time when David Lean came to town <laughs> when he entered the, the equation. But uh, well, there was some kind of hint at that because that that DeMille guy he built the big. That's one. the two letters guy, right? Uh, no. Cecil B. No, that's not no, letters. Uh, so that doesn't matter. 
I can't believe I brought it back to the guy we can't remember. <laughs> D.H. Lawrence. Oh, oh, no. Plan come back. Yeah, like, oh, that's, man. It's supposedly a good movie, but... Right. But who can watch it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was on tour uh, with the Italian guys Ooh. about a year and a half. No, it was last year. And uh, we're in Cleveland, and the cat were coughing at his pad, Demos. He brings out this VHS tape that's still in the shrink wrap. Mm. He goes, why won't anybody watch this with me? It was Salo. <laughs> Days of, oh my days God! <laughs> <laughs> no one will watch this with me. <laughs> People like eating stronzos and shit. Oh, I can't remember that fucker's name. But anyway, me neither. We're gonna move past it. So that's the difference. It's the quickness. You got to get it right for TV. Quick. TV, yeah, you don't have a lot of takes, and you got you don't have time to mess around. Uh, they t- stay on a f- super tight schedule, so you know you, there's a lot of times when you get the lines right, but you didn't get the emotion right. But hey, no time, keep moving. Wow. All right, okay, just let it go, because if you let it if you let it eat you up, you'll yeah. be like, oh, I should have done this or that. You got to learn how to move to the next, focus on the next thing. Wow. But um, there's so much good TV right now. I feel like. Uh, I'm I'm more interested in my is? favorite shows than I am in, in movies that are coming out. Um, uh, I think just because the demand is higher, people don't want to go out to the movie theaters as much. Maybe there's there's just more uh, attention paid to that, you know. And 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 once uh, you had like a Sopranos or a show that good on television, yeah. uh, it, it's like a great bait for the other artists, the directors and the writers and the actors that want to. Sure want to do something like that and that long form is very seductive because uh you know tony soprano is a character that that went much deeper in many ways than 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 uh than the godfather was able to just because of the span of time right right. when you can cover yeah why make a two-hour movie if you can make a 20 or 30 hour movie where you can really go deep it's a whole different animal the third one was kind of lame yeah the the (laughs) <laughs> the third season of Sopranos? No, uh, Godfather. Oh, the third Godfather, yeah. He had to pay bills or something. I don't even think he liked it. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, nobody liked that. The thing is, uh, it seems with the movies, there's got to be a lot of, like you're saying, uh, three months, a lot of money's riding on these things. Yeah. So maybe you're not, you can't take as much chances. It's true. There's a lot of, there's a lot of notes usually that'll come down from on high. From the studio executives. But with Barney, you probably didn't have to worry about that. No, none of it. We didn't get one note. But I know that Rick was stressing every day. Was like, oh, I don't know if we're gonna get the day. We gotta get all these shots. And he was in a he was in a, a little bit of a personal hell. I was having fun because it's more fun to act in a movie where where uh, every day is like a mountain and you do, you do, you just come home exhausted, yeah, but yeah. in a good way. You come out home sure, tired. Yeah, tired from like a good day's work, and it's yeah. it's it can be really fun and satisfying. But uh, back to the D and Kyle. Yeah, you did more tours. Yeah, well, then once we had an album, then we got got to go on like a real tour and 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 do because uh, the the other touring we did was just me and Kyle. Yeah. And now, once we had this album, we're like, let's go out with a band, oh, you know. And and and, and uh, back to the record here. yeah, and and uh, and uh, we had a great time uh, on those those early tours. And then when we did uh, that movie, The Pick of Destiny, mm-hmm. we had like a full set. It was like a Broadway play almost, where there was a concept there because we were like, hmm, how are we gonna 
introduce the band. That's when we started with a band live, after Pick of Destiny. How are we going to introduce the concept of Tenacious D with a band? Because we've never done that before. And we felt it was important to like show the audience uh, the way in. Uh, and so Stop. we started off the show with just Kyle's living room. Yeah. Recreation of his apartment uh, that we used to jam in when he was teaching me guitar. Wow. So we we have this thing. There's the there's the power couch. There's the posters on the wall. There's the kitchen. It's like this is Kyle's living room. Yeah. And uh, but no tenacious D. Where's tenacious D? Yeah. The, the lights come up. The curtain goes up. It's like you're watching a, a play, yeah. and uh, the crowd goes, and then they go, huh? What? What's, is, there, is there a show going on here? And then you realize that me and Kyle are underneath this blanket snoozing power snoozing both of us on the couch and then we look out of the, the blanket and then we go oh shit we got a show to do and so we come out of the blanket come off of the couch and go get our guitars and start the show and it's just me and kyle for a few songs and then uh we spill a somehow someone spills a beer and it goes on to the electrical equipment and then we get fried and we go to hell. So then there's oh. a stage change. The, the set changes to hell. And in hell, we're like, what's going on here? And uh, first we see uh, uh, the, this guy that looks like Jesus Christ. We're like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ, what are you doing here? This is hell. Is that No, no, I'm the Antichrist. I, we, I get that all the time, though. We look the same. And we're like, oh, all right. Uh, we couldn't help but notice you were playing a mean guitar. Do you want to play guitar in our band? It's like, yeah, sure. And then we, so that's how we got our electric guitar play. And we built a band that way. I was like, Charlie Chaplin, what are you doing here? You're one of the greatest actors of all time. I'm gay. Oh, that's why you're in hell. Got it. Okay, so he's in the band. And then, wait a second. Uh, uh, the guy from Kentucky Fried Chicken, Colonel Sanders, why are you here? I killed over a billion chickens. Oh, so you're in hell. Got it. So then we'd form the band. And then we start the show show with the full band. But they see, these were, these were, con it was a high concept thing. And, and it was so much fun. The theatrical aspect, you know, my theater roots and Kyle's theater roots really sure. came into play. Sure. Because it was half acting and half music, you know. And it was a, it was a fun time. But even though no one went to the movie, we still had like a good, uh, crowd from from uh, the for the the live show because you toured around the movie. Yeah, okay. we did with a band. Yeah, it's different touring with a band than with just a dynamic duo. Yeah, but we got lucky because these guys were just great people yeah. that we loved hanging out with. That was a fun tour bus, you know. We got into like the 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 drive between. Uh, shows was yeah. was just as fun as the shows for me because we got games going. We had this weird game where, you know, nowadays the the tour buses have these uh, things, the hard drives that have like a ton of movies on them, but they just downloaded them for free off the internet, BitTorrent style. Mm. So they're all crappy movies that no one's ever seen before. So we'll go alphabetical. We'll start at A, and it'll be. Arankas Magaivash. And I was like, has anyone seen this? And you go, and you go until no one's seen one. Arankas Magaivash, let's watch it. And then you watch, and there were uh, seven of us on the bus, including like crew and, and everything. And so it was four gongs. You had to have more than half of us say gong it, and then on to the next. And sometimes you could tell in the credits, gong. 
But then there'd be yeah. But then we'd be watching. So there's there's three gongs now. Who's gonna do the next gong? It was so fun. And then but then oh, little booby ungong. There's only two gongs now. And then it would go. But we never watched a whole movie. Never in all those dates, all those drives, and it was so funny and fun, man. And yeah, we. I I couldn't imagine doing it if uh if I didn't like the people that I was on the road with. But sure, I sure. I hear about bands, great bands that are just filled with turmoil and hatred, and it's like drama. But they do it, they do it. But uh, I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> Hard shift to pull. Yeah. <laughs> what what's the next uh, t- tenacious deep plan? Project? So we got a bunch of projects in our head. We got a cartoon we want to make, kind of a post apocalyptic cartoon. With me and Dystopia. Kyle, yeah, but like a uh, fun and uh, somehow like, fun. like the road. <laughs> well, like you know, road Road Warrior. You ever see Road Warrior? That's a pretty fun movie, but it's post-apocalyptic. How this, come this, here this we're having so much fun? Because you know, I liked his cowboy books. Now that's a real serious one. That's no fun. Uh, oh God! It's not going to be like that. That was a bleak motherfucker. Yeah. The shopping cart around. Oh my God! Uh, trying to get to Mobile. The survival. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, but a cartoon okay. where we'll make some songs and do like a you know, like the Beatles did with the Yellow Submarine. Oh, something. Like, is it true that they went their own voices? That's what I heard. Yeah, somebody told me that. They yeah, got dudes to play their well, voices. We're gonna do our own voices, I can so maybe they not were so drawings. much. Yeah. But fake voices? That's not right. Uh, there was also an amazing thing uh, we wanted to do. Uh, uh, oh, I can't tell you. Okay. This is a secret. We have another high concept, but we're super okay. paranoid that that someone will. Steve I'll it. tell you once the microphones go off. But okay. we got a concept for the album and another uh, album's coming. Another I mean, album. You, you gave me here a live record. Yeah. The live records are usually like kind of holding patterns. Exactly. Right? It, that's this is our holding pattern. <laughs> that's your holding. But uh, um, yeah, so the cartoon next album. Oh, and also we do this uh, festival every year, comedy music festival called Festival Supreme, every October. And uh, I want to get that um, El Mariachi Metallica band you were talking Metalachi. about. <laughs> Metalachi is perfect. We've got to get Metalachi. Um, what town do you do this in? We do it in L.A. We do, do it over at the Shrine Auditorium. Oh, Shrine, that's right. The Shrine, uh, yeah. Downtown, Shrine Auditorium. And, and Browns in the Expo Hall. We use the whole space and... It'll be next October something or other. I don't know yet. It's too early to say. But uh, we've been having so much fun with that because you put on a big festival with yeah. like 20 or 30 bands and comedians. Comedians. It's a lot like throwing a party. You know, you call people, hey, you're going to be in the thing, you're going to be in the thing. And you build up this thing that you would want to go see. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, just see how it goes. We're not going to be in the festival. You know, We're not going to play it this year. We're just going to like curate. curate it. It's fun. Have you curated. ever curated? Have you ever curated? wonder if I have. You know you have, and you just don't remember. <laughs> Do some all tomorrow's parties. Hey, can I tell you something? I was thinking, I wanted to say, on my drive over here, I was thinking about it, and um, interesting fun fact, before I got with Kyle and Tenacious D, when I was in high school, there was this amazing bass player named Sean Wheatley, and he had a band called Mustard, and... Oh, yeah. uh, and I just loved Josh do it. Yeah. And That's I just I, I, heard of those guys. I loved Mustard and Sean Wheatley was the best and yeah, Daryl Goldfarb on guitar and 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 uh uh and I wanted to be 
uh, in his world. So I would ask him, you know, what what he's listening to and what kind of music were his influences. And he said, "Oh, you got to hear, you got to hear Firehose. You got to hear this album, Firehose Raging Full On." And I went over to his house and and um, we listened. And he said, "And this is the magical thing." He had the vinyl and he was just like, "Needle drop it anywhere." And I was like, "All right, what, anywhere? Why not at the beginning? You can put it at the beginning, but put it anywhere." And I just put it like anywhere, right in the middle of a song. It says, "See," and it was just like great. No matter where you put the needle, the music was great. And I thought that was such a funny way to judge an album. And it was true, you know, when when it's packed like that. This is the treacherous Jay Walker days. Yes. So I had just worked with Josh and his yes. guys. They were teenagers. Still. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, I went to I went to Crossroads for my eleventh and twelfth grade and. And yeah, we were all were like, uh, about fire hose and and the meat puppets and and uh, but anyway, I would jam with him a little bit too. With I brought my Tascam over to to Sean Wheatley's house, and um, and also I should mention Steve Townsend on drums. If you're listening, I didn't forget you. Uh, but um, Townsend on drums. We would uh, play, and and that's where the the idea. I first was thinking, let's write the greatest song in the world. Because uh, um, we were listening to your music and we just thought it was the greatest music in the world. And I said, Let, let's you and me write the greatest song in the world. <laughs> so me and Sean Wheatley took a really, really crappy pass, an early pass. It is none of that song made it to the final that I did with Kyle, <laughs> like full 10 years later. But um, so in a way, you are to blame for Tenacious D. Whoa. So yeah, this is what that's why I wanted to tell the story because it all really comes full circle, and that's why I was so excited to be in the Mike Watt show. Oh man! Because uh, I could tell you how you kind of inspired uh, me to form. Well, damn, that's very kind, righteous. Me and brother Matt very much look forward to you coming on. Yeah, big time. Uh, and I think for the listeners out there, you know, everybody's got their own journey. This this whole self-expression thing, you know, be it poems. Or Painting or theater or bass or acoustic guitar with your buddy. Uh, I just think it's great human fabric to connect us. But, you know, there's some trips about it. Do you, would, what if a younger guy asked you advice? I always tell him to write because uh, I was uh, searching around for stuff early on, you know, acting in plays and acting in, in TV commercials or, 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 uh, movies and television everything but um it wasn't until i got with kyle and really started to write music write songs write skits that i found my own voice because uh it's so competitive out there uh and uh but not just that but if you if you're just waiting around for someone to put you into their thing yeah you're gonna. You could be waiting around forever. It could never happen. You got to make wheel. a thing. Make the thing you want to. You like make it happen. Do a little work. Think about. Wait. You want to. You want to sing. You want to. Well, what kinds of songs do you want to sing? You know. Yeah. Let's get specific. Get down to what really is the, what you want to do, and then just start doing it. And get with. You know. Find your Kyle. If you can find your Kyle Gas, it's very helpful. Yeah. Find a sensei and just start writing. Yeah, I, I could. I could attest to that. There's something when you have some cat. Well, I took the energy too from yeah. from Tenacious D. Sure. Because it's like that that was a big breakthrough for me. It's like, oh, okay, you know, writing that first song and, and getting up in front of the crowd, and and then the next movie I did after that, 
um, I took all the energy that I had from those those li- early live performances and brought it to the next character. It's a little movie, High Fidelity, and and it was my first really good role. Oh shit! And I was able to like. You know what? I know about this because Double Nickels in the Dimes in it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Somebody stealing records. Yeah. You know. You out know, of the store, something. One of them that falls off. I wish I could take credit for that, but you know who was the musical guru on that movie? Was there? There's a guy, Dan Koretsky. He's got a label out in Chicago called, uh, uh, um, uh, shit, it's a great label. But it was oh. sort of like the tree in the other movie? With the branches? Dra- Drag City Drag Records. Drag City, yeah, Chicago. And he, he was the guy who was saying, let's put this and that in there. and, oh, and wow. And even like the record, the 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 album covers, you could see them all in Nothing's there. Nothing's by accident. It's Nothing's all, by accident. Okay, yeah, okay. but anyway, John Cusack. Will there be a High Fidelity two? Nah, I wish. I wish there would be a, a lot of twos. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a plan for a new movie? Uh, I do have a thing I want to do a, a, about a polka singer. Uh, accordion. Yep, I got to learn accordion. Luckily, my wife Tanya Hayden plays accordion yeah. she can do me some teaching well i i know she knows cello she knows accordion too wow she's a she's a jack of all trades Damn. she's a tanya of all trades she's a tanya she of plays all cello trades. she plays accordion she plays there was a accordion player that i know of called dick contino and he was one of the last big stars oh. into the 50s early 60s yeah. you can imagine there was guys like Jimi hendrix on the yeah fucking accordion and yeah dress sharp and yeah. And I should also say that you I... You know, Pedro, we got a lot of ethnic, a lot of Italian slabs. Yeah. Like my second man organ player could do accordion. Oh, yeah. Do you have some poles, though? Do you have some poles doing some... Uh, doing some uh, uh, the poles some are the polka? North slabs. These guys are more Balkan, okay. Croatian. Okay, I need, so I need a good it's, it's, polka club where yeah, I can go and just... You know, for these wedding, song, uh, these weddings he played, yeah. he had to learn hundreds of these songs. Wow. Polkas, colas, yeah. they're, they're all different forms of people dancing. Wow. Like your ma, that's how people got together was dances, right? Al- Alpine Village probably got your source. Yeah, Alpine Village. But I bet you Pizzo, he yeah, knows he, so many yeah. songs. I mean, because you have to entertain for three, four, five hours. Yeah, playing these old country tunes, you know, and a lot of two four, a lot of umpa. I want to also tell you though that there's another thing I'm developing. We got a script, but we're still working on it uh, for uh, um, Rocky. Doing, doing, trying to develop a, a Rocky Erickson film. Yeah. Oh, Rocky! Yeah, wow. and I would, I would jump in for the later, later chapter. We get some, some talented young kid to play, play as, uh, as his thirteenth floor elevator days. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that could be a cool project too. Bringing the mom. Yep, that's the key. Trippy. You know, you seen the documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty trippy, but you know, I just sometimes, especially you know. Hank put out his words. It's called Openers 2. Oh, There's really? a book. Yeah, Henry Rollins put out of all Rocky's lyrics. I, oh, I gotta man, get that. An incredible lyric writer. To me, he's written some of the best rock songs, the words. I've always been here before. Oh, man. That song is like Bermuda, The Interpreter. Uh, the 13th Foot. Look, he also had the voice. Yeah. It's this weird mix of uh, Little Richard with. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> it's not weird. It should, they do go together. but uh, it, It's just something else, man. And uh, I, I really think uh, that would be bitching if you could do something for him. Yeah. Because I don't think enough cats know. It's true. Hank bought him fucking false teeth. Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, in our scene, you know, the punk movement, he, he was important cat. And that's a, maybe not with the younger ones, they don't know as much, but he, he definitely was in the foundations. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he had to, took some blows. But, the, you know, he's a survivor too, though. Yeah. Uh, wow. Did you ever get to see him? I did. I've seen him. Okay. Still, still playing shows. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, he's For a while a... he wasn't, but he came back. His brother, who's a tuba player. Yeah. Out of Pittsburgh, I got to meet this guy. He's got a good thing going now with his current situation yeah. with Jagar playing in the band too, and yeah. his son right, Jagar. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I haven't seen that band. When I saw him at that Game Boy stage, he had other old dudes. Right. But he was singing and playing. They were playing great too, man. I yeah. Mean, it's something else. You know, the whole idea of, of working the old tunes and, yeah, why don't you write something new? I don't know sometimes yeah. about that. And uh, But it would be interesting to hear him write songs about this time. It's mm -hmm. a strange time in some ways. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? When you uh, put on stuff for people, expressions, your theater, your music, do you ever want to be relevant to the times? Of course. Okay. I mean, uh, we got election time coming, isn't it? Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I'll go see, I'll go see Rush, the farewell show. I heard the drummer's quitting. Yeah, that's it. I heard he's. Uh, that was what he. The, I think that's the deal. And uh, you know, the first first half of the show, I don't know any of the songs, the new songs, and I'm like, gosh, I should really have done my homework. And then the second half of the show is just, you know, oh, yes, 21, 12, oh, and then the, and the, uh, and it's like, yes. So I understand when the audience needs their, their oldies. I'm all about, I'm a crowd pleaser, you know, I'm a showman, so sure, sure. I'll give them what they want. But, but I, I feel like I got to sprinkle in some current events just to feel, uh, like, uh, um, yeah, just for tip for my own personal satisfaction. Yeah, or, I get or that on too. the tip, what about just personal vision? Like we talked about Mr. Wells. Like what do you yeah. think of a guy like Orson Wells who went balls out, right? It's going to yeah. be high vision. Right out of the or gate. Right. Or it's well, you know, he was a, he was a bona fide genius, and, and he, made, he made the, the, the best theater and, and film out there at the time when he, was, when he was first coming up as a kid, really. Yeah. And... Uh, he, he there was also lots to not like about him early on when you well, look even at he admitted, the I read books. this one place he said I, I have an unfortunate personality. Yeah, it's very much of a Kanye West. It's that thing that uh what do you call that when you're so conceited and you're just looking in the mirror all the time? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but there's a line in Shakespeare where uh this guy says, "Attend me, flatterer." <laughs> and there's only one more econo thing that Shakespeare wrote that I like more. Churl. <laughs> I think it's Puck in Midsight Night Summer Dream. Churl. Some windbag speech and shit. The dude just, churl. Yeah. Yeah, we, we lost something. We got to get back to those those old English roots where you could like boil, distill things down to one syllable. Churl. Yeah. But, yeah, whether or not you want to make it relevant, it's still your personal vision. You, you think the artiste should stay in the, the pilot seat. Well, you know, you look at uh, Bob Dylan. You yeah. go see his shows, and uh, uh, you go, you, you go halfway through the songs like, "What is this new song?" And then you realize, 
Oh, holy crap, this is, you know... He's just, singing, song, it he's just singing it different. <laughs> he's got a mariachi suit up. Yeah. I saw, I saw he, was, he never played guitar. Yeah. He organ. And a mariachi I, suit. I can respect that, because yeah. he's like, that's how I wrote yeah, the songs right, in the yeah. first place, guys. I'm just staying true to my process. Yeah, that's right. And and so you respect it, and but you got to mix in the the... Yeah some of the things that we love and that we know that are part of our root, that are part of our roots. Yeah. Um, That's good stuff. Jack, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. My yeah, pleasure. Very cool it was great to be here. You know, really it means a lot to us. Thanks so much. Good people. It's been December 10th, 2015. Narcissism. Sorry, I just remembered the word. Just in time. That was one of his only flaws. Uh, Orson Welles, he was a bit of a narcissist. But you know, you take the good, you take the bad. I'd like to shake your hand, young man, but I am busy. Everybody out there, keep your powder dry. Yeah.